You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. I don't want to alarm you. I don't want to alarm you, but you're in a fight. You're in a fight. Whether you realize it, whether you're conscious of it and you're engaged in it, or whether you're going through each battle individually, whether you're facing each circumstance as an individual, individual isolated event, and you haven't seen the thread yet, you haven't seen the connection between your struggles, you haven't seen the elements that connect one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. You and I are in a fight. And today I want to talk on this subject, and I've titled this message, Fight On. Fight On. Now we're declaring that this is your year to advance. We've been declaring that this is your year to move ahead, to move forward, to advance. And uh, we're believing that this will be a year where you will advance in every area of your life. A year where you will advance in your purpose, you will advance in your career, you will advance in your relationships, you will advance in your talents, you will advance in love and mercy, you will advance in grace. Most importantly, you will advance in wisdom, you will advance in knowledge because you will advance in your relationship with God. And we're believing that this will be a year where you will find opportunities, where you will grow and you will advance. But here is the skinny. Every time you advance, every time you take new ground, every time you take up arms to take new territory, whether it's in business, whether it's in marriage, relationships, whether it's an idea, uh, every time you take up new territory, it could be a class, there will be some resistance. You will find resistance. You will find situations that will push you back. You will find critics. You will find people that do not believe in you. You will find situations that will push you down. And you will find yourself sometimes all alone with nobody else but you and your idea, you and your dream, you and your vision, you and that desire on the inside. And you will discover this, that your road to greatness Your road to the destination that God has for you is not always an open road. It's rarely an open road. It's rarely a highway. Many times, most times, your road to greatness leads you right into a battleground. It gets you right through a battleground. So if you are to reach the destination, if you are to reach where God is calling you to go, you got to go through it. you got to fight on. You got to be able to uh, do that. So today I want to, I want to, I want to, this, this message has two parts. There's two things I want to share with you. First, the first part, the first half of the message, we're going to talk about what kind of fight you're in. What kind of fight is this fight? And the second thing we're going to share is I'm going to give you some weapons. I'll give you some, some, some weapons. These are not real weapons, okay? Don't get alarmed. These are spiritual weapons. Uh, three weapons I'm going to share with you. So we're going to go to the scripture because the scripture tells us and clarifies what kind of battleground you and I are in. We'll find it in Ephesians. Alini mentioned this scripture earlier. She referred to it. It's Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 
through 12. And Paul says to the people of Ephesus, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, whether you are a Bible-believing, God-believing person, or you are a non-religious individual who is here exploring your spirituality, there's one thing that we all here cannot deny. We can't deny evil. It doesn't matter if you've grew up in church, you've grown up in church or not, you can't really deny evil. Now, if you've been to Connect Community more than once, you know that we highlight, we focus on God. We talk about God a lot more than we talk about the devil. We talk about God a lot more than we talk about the enemy, and that's on purpose. We talk about Jesus, his grace, his redeeming power. We talk about his plan for your life a lot more because we believe that as we fix our eyes in God, as we fix our eyes on the Lord, as we fix our eyes on our target, on where we're supposed to go, his, death, his, his purpose just lights up faith in us. He gives us strength. That's by design. But we have an enemy. We have an enemy. There is an enemy, an enemy of our souls. And what Paul clarifies here, it's a powerful scripture. Paul clarifies that the enemy is not your neighbor. That the enemy, our enemy, is not a people group. Paul clarifies that our enemy is not someone with opposed ideas or opposed ideals. Your enemy and my enemy, according to this scripture, what we learn here is our enemy is a spiritual force. A spiritual force that tries to influence people toward evil. A spiritual force in the unseen world. He clarifies, this passage clarifies to you and I that evil is not a person. Evil is not a person. Evil is a spiritual force. Now, Paul is a very well-studied man. He had exposure to different cultures and literacy. And so he, he explains this in a language that Romans can understand, Greeks can understand. He explains this in a language that Hebrew people can understand. And also a language that 20, uh, uh, here in the 21st century, over 2,000 years later, you and I can understand. We can understand this. He's saying, in fact, that the enemy is not the government. The enemy is not the emperor. The enemy is a force that tries to influence us toward back, bad. Now, this, is, this, is, this was powerful back then. We've mentioned here the kind of reality they lived in. We've mentioned here the kind of, of world they lived in. But it's powerful today, too, because think about it. Think about our world. Think about it for a minute. Evil has existed in the past. He's talking about an evil that existed 2,000 years ago. And what we, what we glean from this scripture, what we can assume, what we can infer from this scripture, is that the same evil that he fought 2,000 years ago is the evil that we're fighting today. And it's the evil that our children will fight after we're gone. And that also tells us that evil exists in times of peace 
and in times of war. That evil can exist in poverty and evil can exist in prosperity. That evil can exist in an undeveloped country and evil can exist in a developed country. Because evil is not a person. Evil is not genetic. Evil is a spiritual Force. Now, I want to stay on this for a little bit because Paul is talking to a group of believers. He's telling them, he's teaching them this, and he's talking about something that you and I might have a hint of. Maybe you're here today and you have a hint of it, but maybe you're not fully convinced. Maybe you're not fully convinced. I've said that here before in another message that sometimes it's easier to believe in the devil than it is to believe in God. Sometimes it's easier to believe and evil than it is to believe in God. Because for us, we tend to count good as the natural state of things. We tend, tend to believe that good is just the natural state of things. So we look at God and we expect God to show himself in outside of what's naturally good. Beyond what's naturally good. Outside of trees bearing fruit. Outside of a mom nursing a baby. Outside of a husband being selfless and Taking care of his wife. We stand with our own two feet. That we didn't create. On our own two feet that we didn't create. We breathe in the air that we didn't make. We stare at plants and animals. And an ecosystem that is so fine tuned. It puzzles every single scientist. It puzzles how fine-tuned this ecosystem is, the, 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 what it takes to have to, to, for life to exist on earth. It puzzles every scientist. And we fail to see that every single good and perfect gift comes from God. And some of us deny it. Some of us deny it vehemently. But we can't really deny evil, can we? It's hard for us. To deny evil. You can't explain it away. We live in an age where we can't really. We don't have even to go looking for evil. We can't really hide from it. It, it, it notifies us in our pockets. In our smartphones. It, it's on our desktop. It, it, it's on the headlines. It's out there. We see it. It's in our world. And Paul. What Paul is saying here. It stretches through time. And it's hard for you and I to disprove. It's hard for you and I to deny. It's hard for you and I even to dismiss it. Because what he is teaching. What he is implying. What he is sharing in this, in this scripture. That has ancient scripture. That has, test, that has lasted through the test of time. Through, through time. He's saying that evil, evil is not a genetic thing. It's not a political thing. It might, you might see it represented in flesh and blood. People may be carrying it. May be, they may be acting in an evil way. But evil doesn't originate in flesh and blood. There are forces. That's why tr history tries to repeat itself. There, there are forces that cause evil. Evil is not in, in flesh and blood. And he's saying, do you want to know the source? Do you want to know the source of evil, do you want to know the source of what causes a person to harm their entire family on Christmas Day? Do you want to know the source of what causes a man to abuse a woman? Do you want to know the source of what causes a teacher to seduce a student that was left there by their parents to learn? You want to know the source of what causes a man to use his car as a weapon and plow through a crowd? 
You want to know the source of division and the source of strife and the source of racism and slavery and war between nations? He's saying there is an enemy that is scheming against you and he has for a long time and he's scheming against me and he's scheming against us. Now, I don't mean to spook you with this. I don't mean to scare you, but consider our world for a minute. I mean, you see, you read the headlines. You, 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 you see it. You, you hear the stories. You read it. You might even have experienced it in your family, in your circle of friends, in, in, your, in your circle of influence. You know, and, and, and you and I can agree on this, that evil is not something you can legislate away. Otherwise, we would have done it a long time ago. Evil is not something that we can just write a prescription for because it's, it's not genetic. Otherwise, we would have done something a long time ago. What we learn from scriptures is that evil is not, a, a, is not a person. Evil is a spirit. It's forces in the spiritual world. And this is what it means. It means that we are in the same fight. It means that you and I are in the same fight. It means that your enemy is my enemy. It means that your struggle is my struggle. It means that what you're facing is the same thing that I'm facing. It means that what you're pushing against is what I'm pushing against. It means that you are not alone. That you are not alone in your fight. That you're not alone in, in your struggle. You're not alone in what you're fighting against. Because our battleground is a spiritual battleground. We don't fight people. We fight evil. We fight evil. So today, like I said, I want to share a couple things with you because... Once we consider our landscape, once we know that our landscape is a spiritual landscape, that you might see the manifestation on people. I'm not saying that you just, you know, ignore what people do. I'm just saying that sometimes the source is not there. It's, it's, it's a spiritual source. There are a couple of things that we need to consider. And Peter teaches us in this passage. 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Now, I get it if this message is a little bit foreign to you. I get it if this is a little bit of a, a different subject. But think about it. What he's saying is you are part of a brotherhood. You're part of a sisterhood. We're in the same brotherhood. We're in the same hood, right? We're in the same hood. And we're facing the same enemy. We're facing the same enemy. Now, we need to learn this. We need to know this because you might be fighting in the wrong realm. You might be facing your enemy, but you might be fighting the wrong enemy. You might be looking at somebody and, and directing your animosity to a person when in fact they might be influenced. What, what's happening is that they are being influenced by a spiritual force that is causing them to do certain things. And so you've got you to you take on your weapons and fight at the realm that you're supposed to fight, right? And the other thing that this scripture tells us is this, that the enemy is on the outside. He's on the outside. 
And he is around, creating situations, trying to get in. He, he's looking for our hearts. He's coming for our hearts. But he's on the outside, creating outside drama, outside conflict, outside situations, trying to break in to get to our hearts, trying to get to our peace, trying to get to our sense of confidence in God, our sense of confidence in the purpose that he created us for, our sense of confidence in our destiny. He's around, creating situations in our mind, in our thoughts, trying to defeat us. And the way he does it is no surprise because it's not always a blatant, hey, I'm your enemy. I'm trying to break in. Most times it's succinct. Most times it's subtle. And it's not a surprise to us because James teaches us, and we're going to park on this scripture for a little bit now. James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 and says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Now, this is something, this is knowledge that we need. This is knowledge that we need. This is, this is stuff that we need to know. Because some of you are looking at the scripture and you're going like, oh, that's, that's how it happened. And this is the part of the message where if, if everything that I've shared up till now with spiritual forces and Satan and demons ooh, has been a little bit, <laughs> has been a little bit, uh, uh, um, you know, mythical and like, eh, I don't know about that, GD, mythological. You know, that's an ancient text. I'm not sure about that. This is the stuff you get. This is the stuff that you look at and you go like, huh. You can probably cross-reference some of the things that you experienced in your past with this scripture. You can think back, because if you think back on your biggest regrets, and you are able to backtrack your steps, you're able to go back to the beginning, and you try to find the moment where things began to go sideways, the moment where things began to go, oh, it's not really going to work, you could probably uh, see that it matches this scripture, doesn't it? It matches this scripture. It was a seemingly harmless step that was attractive, that carried within a promised pleasure. There was something in it that lured you, that enticed you. And then at the end, it was regret. And then at the end, it was something that you wish never happened. It might have been that text message that you got, that email that you got, that you, you looked at it and you're like, I shouldn't entertain this. I shouldn't reply. I shouldn't engage this. This is, this is really not where I should be right now. This, uh. But then you started thinking, ooh, this, this could be good. In your heart of hearts, you knew I shouldn't, I shouldn't reply to this email. I shouldn't entertain this thought. I'm good looking. I'm not that good looking. I shouldn't do anything about it, but you did. You replied, you engaged, and that led to something else, and that led to something else, and you were hoping for the pay, the, the, the promise of, of pleasure that came with it, and that was long gone, and it was a trap. It was a trap, and now you're left with regret. 
Maybe it was that business deal, that shady business deal that you knew you shouldn't sign it. You knew you shouldn't make that pur- shouldn't have make that, made that purchase. You knew you shouldn't have swiped that credit card. But you were hoping, you were thinking of the pleasure you would get from that deal. You were thinking of the pleasure you get from that purchase. And then you did it. And then now you're like, oh my gosh, I'm up to here in debt. I don't know what to do about it. The thing you bought, you probably already gave it away or threw it out. And all you left with with regret it was a trap it was a trap maybe it was that extra drink that you knew you weren't supposed to have it was going to put you over the edge you knew self-control was going to go out the door you knew that you weren't supposed to take that sip but you thought oh we're having a good time conversations are good how bad can it be it's okay I'll go for it and then you went for it and the rest is history you're left with regret this we know this is us isn't it it's the story of us because most of our regrets if not all of them happened exactly like the scriptures say it was something that lured you it's something that, that enticed you and you went in and you were hoping for something good but you were left with sin and it was dirty and it was something that you wished didn't happen it was a trap it was a trap see this is the, the, these these traps are set up by this enemy trying to take you down, see? And in 2018, the reason why we're sharing this with you is because as you fight on, as you fight on toward the promise of God, as you fight on, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna come across some of these temptations this year. You're going to come across some of these tests this year. You're going to come across some of these things this year where you're going to look at something and it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to seem attractive. It's going to seem like it's going to take you where you want to go, but you got to watch out. You got to be mindful. You got you to watch out. So, so I want to I give, give you some weapons to fight through. I want to give you weapons to fight on as you go through these battlegrounds. Are you excited for this? I want to give you some. This is stuff that you know, okay? I just want to remind you because we believe that you're going to advance this year. And as you do, you're going to win some battles, all right? The first one, very simple. The first weapon is new thinking. See, the chief area where you will battle, where you will fight, is in your mind. You have to win the battle in your mind first. And this, because this is the part of you that determines Vision. This is the part of you that determines your direction. Now, you have to know that you have a direction. You have to know that God has a direction for your life. That your life has a purpose. That your life has a direction. That you are pointing somewhere. And you have to be committed to it. In your mind, in your thinking, you got to know that you are a person of purpose. That you are a person of destiny. That you are a purpose that you are called for great things. You are on the road to greatness. You got to have the right perspective. You got to win that battle in your mind. Now, you cannot control every thought that comes against you. Later in that passage uh, in Ephesians, Paul talks about the flaming darts of the enemy. And this is something that some of us don't know. So I want to teach you this. You got to know this that your mind, your mind is an open field. And you have thoughts that can come to you. You have thoughts that are your own. And you have thoughts that come from God. The thoughts that come from God come from your spirit. Comes from your your time of prayer. They come from, from the inside. God communicates to your spirit. He communicates to your heart. He has access to your heart because you have given access to your heart. And then you have your thoughts that, that are your own. But then there's these thoughts that come from the outside. The enemy, he throws 
a flaming dart into your mind. And these thoughts are not always, hey, I'm the enemy, I want to take you down. These thoughts sometimes are enticing and luring whispers. He can come to you with thoughts like, hey, you can do this just this once. It's okay. Just this one time. You know? How, how bad can you really be? It's not going to be that bad. It's okay. Hey, no one is going to find out. No one is going to know. You're safe. You're good. Right? How about this one? You're not going to lose control. You got this. It's okay. Go ahead. Do it. And here's a bad one. A bad one. You need this. You cannot live without this. You depend on this. You need this. And these thoughts come. And if you receive these thoughts, what happens is that you are, you are releasing, you are giving away the direction of your life. What you're communicating actually is, I really don't care where I'm going. I just want to, I want this pleasure. I want this thing. I, I, want, I want to experience this. I don't care where I end up. I don't care where I end up. And we need new thinking. We need new thinking when it comes to that. Because this is what happens. As you begin to increase in your relationship with God, as you get closer to God, you get discernment. You begin to discern. Oh, wait a minute. This, this is not a good thought. This is not going to take me where I need to go. This, this, is, this is not going to uh, direct my steps. Uh, as a child of God, you got to know that you are a person of purpose, that you have talents, that you have capacity, that God has equipped you to reach your purpose, that God has equipped you to reach your destination. He has given a destiny for your life, and you have a purpose to fulfill. And I pray that we may be people of purpose here today. I pray that we may be people of, perp- of destiny, people that don't sit around thinking, well, as long as I'm not harming anybody, it's all right. In other words, it's just harming me, right? As long as I'm not doing anything, you know, it's, it's, it's not that wrong. It's not that bad. I pray that as people of purpose, we might not be thinking like, oh, I'm watching this. It's not really going to do me any harm. I'm drinking this. It's really not, not going to do me any harm. Those are the whispers that can get you off your game because a, purpose of, a person of purpose thinks this way. If it's not going to get me there, I don't want it. If it's not going to get me to my destination, I don't want it. If it's not going to get me to where I'm going, I don't want any part of it. If it's not going to get me more connected and united with my wife, I don't want it. If it's not going to get me more connected and united to my husband, I don't want it. If it's not going to make me better, I don't want it. If it's not going to get me closer to God, I don't want it. I don't need this in my life. I don't need any weights. I don't need any sins. I don't need anything that can hold me back because I'm going somewhere. I have a purpose. I have a purpose to fulfill. To fulfill, I am going somewhere. A, purpose, a person of purpose is a person that understands that you have a direction. Now, you may, maybe you, were, you, you grew up in a church environment or, or a religious environment where you were told what you can and you can't do. Where you were told, you were given a list of requirements. This is what you got to do. This is what you're allowed to do. This is what you're not allowed to do. And then you come to a church like ours and we don't have a list of rules for you. We don't have a list of requirements for you. We're not here taking notes because God is not taking notes on your life. He has a destiny for your life. He's trying to get you somewhere, right? But we're not taking notes. 
What needs to happen is that for some of you, you might need to learn how to have a grown-up relationship with God. Not, not like a, a child relationship with like, can I do this? But a grown-up relationship with God, which means this. It's not about whether you can't do something. It's, whether, it, it's about whether you should do something. It's not about whether you can't go somewhere. It's about where you should go. And you have a destiny. You have a purpose to fulfill. A direction. So let me encourage you to fight on with new thinking. Fight on knowing that your decisions matter. And that you're going somewhere. Commit to the direction that God has given you. And, and, and fight on. Second thing. The second weapon is prayer. And very simply, I just you know, want to share. You've you, you got to make 2018 the year, the, the year that you're going to pray more. You know, because prayer is how we talk to God. Prayer is how we open our hearts to God. Prayer is how we make our requests known to Him. Prayer is how we open our hearts to God. And, and, and prayer, very simply, prayer is really what connects us to God. You can't have a thriving, open uh, relationship with God without prayer. It's impossible. Prayer is what does that. So in 2018, let me encourage you to pray. You have something in your heart that you want to do, pray. You have a vision for your life, pray. You have a burden on your shoulders that you don't know what, what, how to carry, pray. You have a decision to make, you don't know which way to go, pray. You have someone you want to help and you don't know how. Pray. You have a mission to fulfill. Pray. You want to help somebody else you don't know how. Pray. Every single thing you have, every concern, bring it to God in prayer. Because the prayer of the righteous avails much. And you can talk to God in your own way. If you didn't grow up in this and this is new to you, talk to God like you talk to a friend. Just tell him what you're thinking. And as you do, you will see the life and presence of God grow in you. As you do, you will see his, his presence and you will sense it like never before. The third thing I want to share with you, and this is what we're doing as a church this month, is fasting. See, some people get confused with fasting, so I want to make it clear here for you. Okay, what is fasting? Well, fasting is this. If, if prayer connects you to God... Fasting disconnects you from the world. If prayer gets you closer to God, fasting is an intentional time that you take and specific things that you choose to step away from so that you can be separated from the things that are trying to entrap you. So you disconnect for a specific time, a set time. And, uh, and, and, and you consecrate it. Fasting is consecration. So if prayer connects you to God, fasting disconnects you from, from the world. Now, most of us think of food, and that's a big one, right? It was done in the ancient times because food was the main source of, of, uh, uh, of life. Like it was the main thing of, uh, that, that we depend on. So we're, we're fasting. The church, some of us are fasting for 21 days now. We're basically eating only vegetables, fruits, and nuts. No sugar. First three days were awesome, got to tell you. But we're doing that. Why? We're taking food. You're taking the back seat. We're just going to eat what we need to be healthy and, 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 and be okay and be aware. We're not depriving ourselves of nutrition, but we're taking good, healthy nutrition. Why? Because God is taking the first spot. God is taking 
the main place. So for 21 days, we're what? We're separating ourselves from other things. And that just gives you a constant uh, uh, mindset of consecration. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking God during these 21 days. But some of you, it's not just food. You know, some of you have some other dependencies that you might want to deprive yourself from. And maybe throughout 2018, you will be prompted in your heart. God will put in your heart, hey, you got you to let go of this for a little bit. And for somebody else, it's not that it's a sin or anything, but it's taking too much of your time. It's taking too much of your attention. It's distracting you too much. And God is going to say, hey, you, you got to let go of this. For some of you, you might be shopping. You might go like, I, I need to go a month without shopping anything that's essential. I'm just going to buy groceries and pay the bills. And the spouses say, thank you, Jesus. Speak to my spouse. <laughs> Somebody just felt the spirit back there. <laughs> For some of you, it might be social media. You know, you, you wake up fine. You ask God to bless you. And then by 11 o'clock, you're boiling because of the feed. So you got to step away from a little bit for a little bit because it's 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 not doing good for you. For some of you, it might be online streaming. You are on your ride home and you say, "Tonight I'm going to read a book." Then two seasons later, you're going like, "Oh man, I have three hours to sleep and get to work." It's not good. So you might be prompted in your heart. And this is not imposition. This is not somebody coming and putting this on you and saying, oh, if you want to live for God, if you want to be godly, you got to let go. No, no, no. This is you making an effort, taking, taking the step of saying, I'm a person of purpose. And I'm going to consecrate myself. I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to fast these things because I am going somewhere. I am going somewhere. And I'm not going to let these things hold me down. I'm not going to let these things trap me in a lifestyle that I'm, I don't belong in. So I'm going to take these steps so I can put God first and put his will for my life first. One last thing I want to say about the enemy and about this fight that we are on is this. What should occupy our hearts and minds is not the enemy and what he is doing. It's really the purpose and the life that God has for you. And we, we see this in the words of Jesus when he spoke to his disciples. He said, Luke 10, uh, this is the last scripture of today. Luke 10, verses 19 and 20. This is what Jesus told his disciples after they came back rejoicing that they were able to cast some demons out. They were so happy. And Jesus said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice on this, in this. Do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in, the, in heaven. What is he saying? You are named in heaven. What he's saying is that you are part of a kingdom that will never end. What, what Jesus is saying is that there is a promise. There is a goal. There is a direction. So when you fight your enemy, don't just fight against things. 
Fight for things. Don't just fight against depression. Just don't, don't just fight against anxiety. Don't just fight against discouragement. Don't, don't just fight against negativity. Don't just fight against resistance. Don't just fight against disbelief. Fight for things. Fight on. Fight for the promise. Fight for the things that God has for you. Fight on toward your goal. Fight on toward your dream. Fight on toward the vision that God has placed in your heart. Fight on toward the promise that you have. Fight on toward the things that he has placed in your heart. Fight on toward healing. Fight on toward freedom. Because that's what you were made for. That's what you were made for. So remember, on your road to greatness, you might come across some battlegrounds. But that's because you are going to greatness. That's because God is taking you somewhere. Remember that you can be strong in the Lord. And you can take on the strength on his might. Remember that you are not alone in this fight. That this is our fight. That we are together in this fight. And remember that as he has empowered you. You are empowered to destroy. To defeat. And to come against every enemy. In the authority that Jesus has given you. Do you receive it this morning? Are you ready to fight on? Amen. Amen. Just stand with me if you don't mind.